Anyone here, show of hands, been watching the Olympics at all? Sure. Yeah, a few. What are your guys' favorite things? What have you been watching? Gymnastics. Gymnastics. Handball. Handball. Handball, really? I don't know if I've ever watched a game of handball. Uh, anyone else? Yeah. I saw the U.S. Can water polo game. The water polo, is that pretty sweet? How deep is the water polo? Like, they can't stand, right? No. No, they're... they're I, I am such a... I am such a bad swimmer. I could never do it. Yeah. Uh, it's on a bunch of channels. NBC, USA, other ones. NBSC, something like that. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So I, I love the Olympics. And I'm sure I'm half as productive as I am normally when the Olympics on. For like the next two weeks, I'm just not going to be productive. And uh, I've been watching a lot of this. A lot of volleyball. Um, actually, not a lot, but I saw um, yesterday uh, the men's volleyball indoor were, were playing a team, and the USA plays crazy good. And this guy here, Matt Anderson, I'm not sure how tall he is. Can somebody figure that out for me? Is he 6'8"? Wow, John just knew that. <laughs> he just, that's true. John was already looking it up. So he did go to Penn State. So this is Matt Anderson, and I don't know, he's probably jumping like what, 80 feet there, something like that. And uh, on top of the six foot eight, and he is my favorite volleyball player um, that plays right now. And he is just an absolute monster. And I have a friend who played against him in college. When he was at Penn State, my friend played against him, and he said, Matt Anderson. Like, yeah, he was good in college. Like, when he was messing around, he was good. But he said there was a switch on Matt Anderson, that when Matt Anderson decided, hey, it's time to rock and roll, nobody touched him. They could set him wherever he is on the court, and it was game over. You might, like, you could probably just shake hands afterwards anyway, like, before it even started. Um, And then the other thing he told me about Matt Anderson was that his hands are so big that whenever they went to like high five each other, he's like, my hand just got engulfed <laughs> by Matt Anderson's hand. Um, so that really has very little to do with what we're talking about, but I just thought it was interesting, and it's the Olympics. So moving on, there's a saying that um, all great things must come to an end, and although that's uh, probably not true, in fact, the greatest thing will never come to an end, uh, but this is the last message of the Wisdom series. So. I don't know if it was great, but it's coming to an end. So thanks, everybody, for being here for it. Uh, We covered a lot of ground. This is a lot of information, so I'll I'll try to make it good. Um, Here's what we did over the last 11 weeks. We started off talking about who Solomon was and why he was important uh, to this wisdom series. He's the author of most of what we discussed over the last 11 weeks. Then we discussed what it means to fear the Lord. In week three, we did a character study of sorts of the fool um, in Proverbs and how we need to be the, have the opposite characteristics of the fool. Next, we took a look at adultery. Then the importance of work followed up by the importance of rest. And then at week seven, we took a rest from the wisdom series, and Peter talked about the second commandment. In week eight, back to it as we learned about gossip and how we should not do that. Uh, then the week after, patience. Then we helped out with VBS, a little interlude there. And then finally, uh, last week, we talked about what it means to be patient for the Lord. 
and how we need to be doing that while being patient. Whew. Okay, so that was the last 11 weeks, however many months that was. I, I guess that's three, including today. Um, so that was a lot of stuff, right? And there's a good chance, in fact, I know not everybody was here for all 11 of those weeks, and I have really good news. Um, fortunately for you, if you want to go back and listen to it, we do have um, the last 11 weeks recorded and on pod, wherever you get your podcasts, so Spotify, Apple Music. I don't know if anyone listens to podcasts anywhere other than those places, but we're on both of those. Um, obviously excluding the VBS setup week, that will not be on Spotify. Um, <laughs> you had to be there, you know? If you know, you know. If you were there, you were there. Uh, that was fun. But yeah, it was a good time. So, and then lastly, week 12 here, we're going to be talking about the wisdom of counsel, uh, surrounding yourself with other people of wisdom to help um, give you clarity and give you guidance and you know, to help give you more wisdom. Before we get started, as always, let's pray. Dear God, thank you for today. Thanks for the forge. Thanks for the beautiful weather you've been giving us lately. Um, I pray that you continue to give us wisdom, even as this series ends, that we can just constantly be getting wisdom from you and from your, from your word, from the Bible. Uh, I pray that today we see the importance of counsel and guidance and not trying to do this life on our own, um, but to use the help that, that you have given to us. I pray that I say and speak what you want, I pray that I speak your truth and that your truth is heard. Amen. First verse uh, is going to be in Proverbs 15. 15.22. It says, Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors they succeed. And I love how plain and simple this verse is. Like I, I think some verses are, are really hard to understand. Not this one. I think I love the simplicity of it. it. It doesn't take a whole lot of thought to know what it's saying. It's like, look, try to make your own decisions, like all by yourself, on your own, plan to fail. Use Peel for help. Turn to people, a bunch of people, get counsel. That's going to lead you to success. It's simple. And uh, Matt McDermott, the youth pastor here, taught me a lot about what I know to, um, as a leader as I was able to lead under him, and, and he's such a good leader. He's taught me so much. Uh, but one of the things I remember specifically in terms of getting counsel, like trying to have people help you, not trying to do something on your own. After a night of youth group, uh, we had these little papers, and we had to fill them out every week. And it, and it asked questions like, what went well? What could have gone better? He was looking for our input, looking for us to help guide him to give the students and the leaders the best experience possible. Um, so even though he was the leader, he was so intentional of getting the counsel of the other leaders. He sharpened us, and he allowed us to sharpen him. With many advisors, they succeed. Now, I want to be totally honest about this, though. I struggle with this. Like, I am really bad at accepting the help of others. Uh, I'm working on it, but it's really not my initial reaction. It's hard for me. And what does this look like? It's not uncommon for me to hear an idea and immediately dismiss it. You know, it's like my knee-jerk reaction. When the hammer hits my knee and my knee kicks, it's my 
my natural response just to dismiss somebody else's idea. But then I, I'll sometimes start to think about it, bounce it off other people, and realize it's brilliant. It's such a good idea and that I only dismissed it based on my own pride. Some of the best ideas that I've heard were ones that I immediately refused. Steve Jobs was notorious for this. If you don't know who Steve Jobs was, um, he, you know, he was the Apple guy, um, like iPhones, yeah. Uh, and somebody would pitch him an idea, and right there on the spot, he'd be like, horrible. It's a terrible idea. No way we're ever going to use that. And then a few days later, maybe a few weeks later, he'd go back to the same person and pitch that person the same idea and pretend like it was his own, like, like that they didn't give it to him and that he didn't pretend it was a bad idea. That's something that he would do. Um, and that can't be our attitude. Like, we can't accept people's counsel in the same way Steve Jobs does. Um, we need, like, we need to seek counsel. We need to seek help, accept the help, and accept it humbly, not in a, that's stupid, but hey, have you thought of this? And just reiterate what, what they gave you. Not pretending like everyone else has a bad idea and stealing it as your own. Next verse we're going to look at is very similar. It's a few chapters back in, ver in chapter 11, 11, 14. It says, Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. It's close, right? It's, it's close to the last one. Did I hit next slide? Yeah. Um, it's, it's similar. This one, where counsel, without counsel, plan to fail, you know, plans fail. And this one, where there is no guidance, a people falls. It's a very similar verse. But I think um, the biggest difference here, in my opinion, is the exchange of the word counsel for the word guidance. And these words are similar, and they can probably mean the same thing in some situations. Uh, you can get guidance from counsel. In fact, you do get guidance from counsel, from letting other people help you. Um, as long as it's good counsel. But there's somewhere else you can get it as well, and that's the Bible. Proverbs actually describes itself as a giver of guidance. In chapter 1, I believe verse 5, um, it states that the book is going to help you gain direction. It's going to give you guidance. Uh, where there's no guidance, people fall. If you have no guidance, if you don't have the divine guidance of the Lord that the Lord has given you, you're going to fall. I emphasize this multiple times in this series. I'm going to do it again. Um, you have got to be in the Word. Now, you can't expect to have the God-given guidance if you're not in His Word. If you're not looking where that guidance is found, you can't expect the verses that you didn't read come to your mind. You can't expect to increase in wisdom that's found in the Bible if you're not in the Bible. I've said this quote before. It's by Eric Samuel Tim. He said, don't ask why God isn't talking to you if you aren't reading his word. Conveniently, yesterday, I came across this meme on a guy named Runks' Instagram. 
And it's, it's silly, but it's so true. Like, it's, yeah, it's silly, but true. I wish God would just speak to me. He does. You have to listen. You have to open it up and see what he has to say. Don't ask why you feel like you don't have guidance from the Lord if you're not looking where his guidance can be found. If you want to succeed, we must have guidance that comes from the Bible, and we have to have guidance that comes from a good counsel. Surround yourself with people that can help point you in the right direction. And uh, let me tell you something that really bugs me. It's a word, and that word is independence. People want to be independent, right? And uh, independence is a joke. Want to try to do something without help? What's it say? You're going to fail. Want to do something without the guidance? Prepare to fall. Without counsel, plans fail. Better yet, you want to try, you want to be really independent? You want to try to do something without God? Sorry. You wouldn't be on a world that doesn't exist in a universe that wasn't made. We're so dependent. And independence, if you're independent, if you think you have independence, all that is is just prideful dependence. You don't see what's holding you up. You don't see what's helping you. Ecclesiastes 4, starting at verse 9. It's a very popular set of verses. It says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. We're not supposed to be alone. Uh, When God created um, the world, when he created everything, everything was so good. It was good. And then there was something that wasn't. He created man, and it wasn't good for man to be alone. And uh, in the creation story, um, God creates a wife for Adam, and um, he says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And like I said, God gave Adam a spouse, but no marriage isn't for everyone. And that's okay. It's okay to be single. It's okay not to get married. In fact, it's good not to get married. Don't misunderstand it. It's also really good to get married. They're both good things. But even if you're not married, that doesn't mean you're supposed to be alone, that you're supposed to do life alone. You still need a helper or helpers. You might not be a spouse, but you need somebody to follow along up here to help you work, help you toil, to lift you up when you fall, to keep warm, to defend each other, to be stronger together. You can't do it on your own. I was talking to a Green Beret. Um, It's a high rank in the military. 
and he told me this story. He said in training, they would go on these long, like, marches, and it was freezing cold. And at night, the only way they could sleep was if they all huddled together like penguins. And he said, this is how it happened every single night. You'd fall asleep, and you'd wake up freezing. You'd wake up, and you'd realize that you're on the outside. So when you wake up, you climb over top everybody and get in the middle of the pack. And then the people on the outside, they wake up freezing, and they climb into the middle, and, the pe- and it just keeps going. That's what happens all night. There's a reliance on each other. And you could try as hard as you want to be independent, right? You could be like, I'm a Green Beret. I got here by myself. I'm strong. I'm so strong-willed. My training prepared me for this. There's no willpower that's going to keep you from dying from hypothermia. It's not something that you can do on your own. And uh, to use Matt Anderson again as an example, Matt Anderson is a six foot eight volleyball monster. But if you put him in the Olympics by himself, there, it doesn't matter. He could be the best player that's ever lived. He's not even going to get through the first round. It's going to be a joke. He can't get there on his own. Doesn't matter how good he is, how much he's trained, how 80 feet tall he can jump. You can pretend like you can get through life alone and that you don't need the counsel, you don't need help, you don't need God because you're self-made, right? Like, what does that even mean, self-made? Because that's kind of a, a popular thing to say, like, oh, self-made, I'm self-made, I did this on my own. You know what I have here? I got some clay. It's actually four colors of Play-Doh, but you, you get the point. Thank you, yeah. What if I put this down on the table? What, what's it going to do? Make yourself into a bowl. Make yourself into a cup. Make yourself into anything. What's it going to do? It's, it's going to sit there. It's never going to do anything. It's not going to be worth the dirt that it came from. It can't do anything for itself. It can't make itself into anything. You know what this clay is? It's you. This clay is you. You weren't self-made. You were created. You were molded. You were sculpted. You were designed by the potter, by God. You weren't self-made. There is nothing more you can do than this clay could do on its own. Don't trick yourself into thinking you're independent. It's just prideful dependence. You need other people, other Christians in your life. You need good counsel, people that are trustworthy, that can that you can turn to, that are going to point you in the right direction, that are going to give you guidance. And you need good guidance that comes from the Word. You need to know God's guidance, what God is saying, and the guidance that He offers. You know, even though you're this clay, it can, it can be valuable. 
This can be created into something that's worth a lot of money in the right hands. And you're in the right hands. The most capable God. He knows what he's doing. It's so much better than being independent. Being dependent on God. We'll pray. Got a few discussion questions for you. And then, uh, and then pray for each other. Dear God, thank you that we don't have to be independent. Thank you for the beautiful dependence that we have on you. Thank you for being the potter, for sculpting us and creating us, because we'd be nothing without you. Thank you for the guidance that you give us through your word, the wisdom in the Bible, the direction that you give. I pray that we can read it, know it, make it clear to us, and help us to be able to follow it. And I thank you for the guidance that you give us through counsel, through putting other believers in our life that, that we can turn to, that can help us. I pray that you give us the heart and the humility to humbly accept what they what they say, what they suggest, and what they have to offer. May we not dismiss it, but may we appreciate it. Thank you for our dependence. Amen. So two questions I have for you is, uh, do you have a wise counsel? Do you have someone you can turn to? to ask for advice. Who is that? And then uh, secondly, where do you find yourself trying to do life alone? Where do you try to cut the cords of your, of your dependence and think, this is me, I got this. Where do you have that pride in your life? That prideful dependence. And then obviously pray for each other like we always do. You can split up into groups of three or four and discuss.